two seconds here. I just want to go ahead and hit, make sure I hit the record button because I've done these before and we've not done that. We get some great content that we go back and we republish uh, on our website through our email and social media as well. So with no further ado, everybody, let's welcome Steve Cross, from the creative director from iSynergy and the presenting sponsor for Dio Live. Talk about search engine optimization. Steve, take it away. Hello, everybody. Everybody hear me all right? I'm assuming so. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're just gonna run through this. Uh, three pillars to SEO success local on-page and off-page. Um, what I want to preface this with is that this is our strategy. This is based upon years of our experience, how we do things here, um, the level of success that we've seen. We do a lot of testing here, but I'm going to tell you, we follow quite a bit of the, uh, you know, the industry leads. Um, you know, Brian Deal, Dean, Neil Patel, Backlinko, obviously. Um, and we kind of aggregate all that information and then we use it here for our clients. So, um, and also I think we need to talk about that SEO, um, with any marketing tactic, what do you got to start with? You got to start with a goal, right? First. Um, so depending upon your type of business, um, the goals for SEO might be a lot different. You know, if you don't have a brick and mortar, if you're a service company, um, if you are a, a service company that, um, where you have a brick and mortar in your retail location, um, you know, different types of businesses have different goals and there's different strategies. So I've kind of made this kind of generic, covered it all. I didn't water it down, but I did make it um, cross vertical, I guess you could say. Um, so we'll go from there. The, uh, if anybody knows me, they know I despise just talking all the time. Um, I'd much rather have questions. So if you have questions, um, fire away and Dennis interrupt me whenever you want. And I would much rather talk about real life examples. Um, <laughs> strategy. Um, that, that's awesome, Steve. So thank, thank you. And, and again, I encourage everybody through the chat uh, or through the Q&A to go ahead and pose questions. We'll take them throughout and we'll also take them at the end as well. Yep. Um, and I'm not too proud to say sometimes that I don't know. Um, you know, sometimes it takes uh, take a little bit of research to see what the best is. And also, a lot of times we have strategy and, um, you know, we optimize, we test, um, we touch all of our campaigns weekly. So if you're moving forward with a certain strategy and you're not seeing the results, you need to pivot. You know, there's some general best practices that you're going to use, but um, if you need to go heavier on content or you need more on inbound links and you need to edit your anchor profile, you need to help out with your, your GMB fully execute that, uh, fill up, fill that out. You know, there's a lot of different things to, to, to go and do. So, um, there's always going to be a, yeah, but what about my case? Um, so on and so forth. So let's get started. Um, we always start here. Uh, with local. It's the foundation. It's the basis for everything else. You can have thousands of inbound links, um, but, and you can have some great content. You can be optimized on your site, but if you are not optimized for local search results, um, you're going to have that ceiling on your, on, uh, you know, on your goals, how far you can gain and how far you can go up. Um, so that's what, where we start at. Plus it's the easiest and it's the cheapest. Um, many times we do this for clients, but a lot of times clients just do it themselves. We give them a game plan and say, hey, go and execute. So um, NAP, if you're familiar with what SEO stands for, I'm hoping you, uh, I'm assuming you know what NAP stands for, name, address, phone number. Um, every time you have a, your company listed and you have a consistent NAP on a directory, um, such as you know Axiom, Facebook, Foursquare, um, 
a regional chamber website, any directory website, that's called a citation. The more citations you have for your company consistently, the higher citations are like votes, the higher you're going to rank or your, your potential uh, for ranking higher is, is there. Um, in order to do that, you fully need to fill out your Google My Business profile. Um, and if anybody's been watching here recently, Google just rolled out the short name. Uh, you have to go into your GMB account, claim your short name, because now if you search on a map for a short name that is registered by a business, it's going to show that result based upon they're putting priority on those short names. This came out, I believe, the end of last week. Um, a lot of people rushed to get their short names. There's a lot of brands. You know, and these are there, there's singular short names for the entire world. So we had some clients that have competing brands in Europe, Australia, Canada, you know, the next state over. So you want to make sure that you're going out and properly um, claiming that, that short name. Um, we did ours, obviously, we just did our brand, iSynergy. Um, you can get tricky with it if you don't want to do your brand, but you know you can do your, your, your service or a combination of your brand and service. There's different strategies um, to move forward with. But at this time, <laughs> it just rolled out last week with Google. Who knows how long it's going to last? Who knows how much priority they could depreciate it next month? They could depreciate it in five years from now. But just rolled out. We here in my firm, Google rules our world. Um, it's, I know it's still over 85 or 87% of search volume is done on Google. That's why we, um, everything I'm talking about here, it's focused for Google. So um, with your next app, you also need to make your Facebook allows you to do it. GMB allows you to do it. Uh, Yelp allows you to do it. YP allows you to do it. Choose your category. If I am a, let's just say I'm a, a home inspection company, don't categorize yourself as a financial institution, obviously, right? Um, just audit yourself, make sure you have your category properly chosen. Um, and then also with your nap, sometimes it's just about proximity. If somebody's doing a, a mobile search and they're 30 steps away from one of your highest competitors and you're five miles away, the chances are that you're not going to be able to outrank them in that situation. You can get as close as you can, but you need to know that some goals need to be realistic. You're not always going to be able to jump uh, higher than everybody. Okay. So the first thing with local is, is your nap, your citations. Next thing, reviews. Everybody hates them. Uh, you have to have them though. It's awkward. You hate asking for them. Um, you hope when you do get them that they're good and they don't suck. Uh, but if you're doing a good job on your business and you're delivering a quality product or service, um, you should be able to, to aggregate those reviews and get people to do uh, to give you those reviews. And it's not just on Google. Those reviews could be on you know your social sites because um, everybody knows when you search, you know GMB your knowledge card on the side of a, a Google search page brings in Facebook reviews right into that knowledge card. So you want to make sure, especially Yelp, um, pay to play program. I got my issues with Yelp, but um, it's there. So you want to make sure if you, and there's, there's hundreds of review sites out there, unfortunately, but uh, find your niche of review sites, make sure you're requesting those reviews 
make sure you're monitoring those reviews. If you have a bad review, come in, own it, ask them what you can do to, to, to you know, what you did wrong, what you can do to improve that review. You know, it's just customer service for the, for the new age. Okay. Um, if I have two reviews and they're both one star reviews and my competitor has 50 reviews and with an average rating of 4.9, obviously Google wants to show my competitor because they have met, met much more, many more reviews and the review rating is higher. It is an indicator. Google takes it into effect, into account when delivering on a SERP. Okay. Um, the quantity of them, how fast you get them, velocity. Um, one thing to always know, there's, there's um, paid plans that you can go out there and try to pay people to give you your, your reviews. Um, the velocity, if you go from three reviews over 10 years and next week you get 50, Google's going to, you're going to be on their radar. They might not black flag you, but um, you're going to be on their radar. So you need to do that velocity. If you have 100 clients that you know are going to give you good reviews, start an email campaign. Send 10 a week. Don't send all 100 saying, hey, let's get them as fast as we can. You know, pace it out. Um, you want it to make, make it look organic, obviously. And I believe Google still has an issue that you can't offer any type of incentive for reviews. Um, so make sure to uh, stay away from that. Social. Um, for local. Social. Make sure you have all your business information in the social. And profiles. Make sure, number one, you have your social profiles claimed. Even if you don't do social media management on your own, still claim your profiles. Update the about information. Um, there's, I don't even know how many social can, uh, platforms out there that you can do a claim. We do it for uh, protecting, a lot of it's just for brand protection, but it also helps, that's called considered a citation for the social. Um, make sure you're putting that out there. The more followers you have, the more like, you know, the, the Facebook likes, um, or the followers, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, those all matter. Unfortunately, they do. This is not a simple channel, single channel of, hey, do this, do these three things and you are going to rank in, this, in the SERP where you want to rank. It takes time and it, it's not a, just a one-time set it and forget it. Um, so they take into account the followers, your likes, your engagement on your posts. They take into account, Google does. Um, and uh, how many times you're tagged, you know, obviously if people are tagging you all the time that you, that you look like you're an authority um, in your niche. So um, you want to make sure you, that's just engagement uh, being out there um, to your profile, your GMB profile images, you know, you want to put up your images, you want to put up um, your outside images. You Google usually pulls those in, but you can force feed them take pictures of your staff, take pictures of your products, take pictures of um, anything and everything. Think of GMB, uh, Google My Business, think of it as a social site. You know, Google depreciated Google Plus, but there's a lot of features from Google Plus that are now popping up and on the roadmap for GMB. So think of it like that and stay with it. Um, also, you, you know, you can submit your own and the public patrons, they can submit their own images as well. So you wanna, uh, be abreast of that and, and understand. And then lastly, for local, behavioral. Um, behavioral comes into, I guess you call it user experience type things, but um, click-through rate. If you're getting shown all the time on a SERP result, like I say, uh, a mobile SERP result in the, the local pack, and you're never getting clicked on, 
Google is going to start to think, wow, nobody likes this company. Nobody wants this company. We're serving it up for the wrong keywords because Google's, their intention is to give the consumer, the searcher, what they want and what they think that they want. It's not to manipulate the search, uh, the consumer. It's to deliver to them what they think they want. So if you're showing up 10 times last month for a certain keyword and your, um, your link got clicked on all 10 times, boom, that shows intent. That shows that that's your CTR. Um, it's going to start serving you up for more of those keywords and the LSIs that go along with that key, latent semantic index, synonyms type uh, words that go with that. So um, it's nothing that you can manipulate. It's nothing that you have control over. Uh, you do indirectly, but we'll get to that. But these are some things that you need to be aware of, the click-through rate. Um, mobile click-to-call. If you're on your phone, you look somebody up, you click on the, the click-to-call button, boom, Google sees that as intent. It was a proper way to serve up your business for a proper keyword. There's a connection there. Um, check-ins, mobile check-ins on social. Um, you know, more people that are coming to, to your location if you have a brick and mortar. And then, you know, GMB, you can now offer, uh, offer offers with the GMB posts. So the more engagement you get on those posts or offers, um, obviously come along. So that is, in a nutshell, the foundation of SEO for my company, our agency, where we start from everything and the things that we take into account and um, you know, where you have to start from in order to build that foundation for SEO success. Uh, any man, I talked way too much on that. Any questions? But it's important. Yeah. Any questions on that? There are, any, any, anything at all? Yeah, absolutely, Steve. So you 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 absolutely nailed that. And thank you for sharing the the local, obviously SEO strategy. Incredibly important. And looking at the bulk of the people that are um, you know on the webinar right now, a lot of them are local business owners. Um, and there are two questions. Uh, one of them is is do you does your organization rec recommend a um, software platform like Yext to manage local listings, management, citations, reviews, and aggregate that in? Or how do you, what, what do you guys do to recommend claiming citations and then obviously the management of it in software or kind of a, just a, a, a blocking and tackling kind of a manual process? We... <laughs> This answer comes with a little caveat. We used to use Yext. Um, we used it for almost 10 years, well, probably eight years, um, because it was the best, the reason for that. Um, at the time we decided to go with it, it was the fastest, it was the, the best. It dealt with APIs for all of our clients. So it was a matter of, hey, you put your, go into their portal, you put all your information in there, and boom, through an API tomorrow, you could literally be over 60 citations, quality, high-ranking citations. Um, but the issue that we had with it is if you stop, don't subscribe to them or you want to, you know, for our clients, um, you know, there's a monthly fee. You can go on to EX. I think now it's like 45 bucks a month that you can pay them to do it. If you ever want to stop that service, they suck all that information from their portal back from all their API connections. So literally your local SEO could go from a hundred citations. You stop the service could drop to like 10 in a matter of a day. 
which obviously has a huge negative effect. So the reason why we moved from it is because I didn't feel like we were setting our clients up for long-term success. Now how we do it, um, we do a manual outreach. Um, we do, we pace it out over time. We do anywhere from 10 to 20. We manually know the directories. We look for some that are local. We look for some that are niche. And then there's just some standard ones that we always do. Um, so because then you have control of them. Um, there's pros and cons, obviously. If you have, if you're with a pro platform like Yex that deals with API and others, I think there's two other platforms now that also deal with API connections. Um, if you want to update your holiday hours, if you're a retail store around obviously Black Friday and you extend your hours, you can change your hours in one place on that Yex platform and boom, it pushes it out to everywhere in a matter of seconds. That's a great feature and it's really enticing. Um, if you, but like I said, you don't own any of your, your listings. So um, if you ever want to move on from that, you know, you're screwed. So um, it's just kind of yeah. the, the, the way that we move to there, There's pros and cons. If you just want to, from a business model say, Hey, I have a fixed expense of local SEO. And I know from now until I close my business doors, I'm going to have this expense and hopefully X doesn't go anywhere. Um, then yeah, go with it. But uh, you know, you spend three months doing it yourself, you own them all. And then you have 90 to hundred, you know, citations that nobody can ever take from you. It, it's a great point, Steve. And, and so the, I think that the other caveat too, right, is that it will end up in a yes. Um, and several of those business models are there obviously to make you codependent upon them. And, and there is a, there is a pro to it. They obviously do syndicate across a lot of those LLMs. Um, but there's still a handful of the major ones, regardless if you're with Yex or not, that require the manual effort, right? So Google My Business, yellowpages.com, some of the bigger ones, regardless if you go with Yex as well, and the most important ones likely are, are still requiring you to do the manual um, uh, um, submitting to grab the free listing, right? Uh, nope, nope. I can, uh, we can administer GMB accounts straight through Yext. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, uh, that was, it, I mean, it happened, I'm going to say within the last 12 months that they added that integration in because Google, you know, was always locked up and nobody could, you know, mess with their GMB, uh, but they did open it up to, Yext was the very first platform that got it. And I believe there's two more that, that did receive it. Gotcha. Sorry. Good to know. So here's a question that comes in from, um, uh, one of our, our web webinar participants, um, it's goes back to, uh, GMB and the, uh, question is about what you said about short listing, short, short name. name. What mm -hmm. do you, what do you exactly by short name? It is literally a field. If you log into your GMB account, um, it's right next to, I believe it's right above your hours on the left side hits left column. There's two columns on your GMB account when you log in. Um, and it says short name. It's literally all it is. What that is, um, Google is going to use it for Google Maps. So let's let say I make name my company's iSynergy, but for some reason I want to name it um, uh, Three Stooges Advertising. So if somebody is on a Google map and they search Three Stooges Advertising, Google says that they're going to put priority, and that's what the assumption is, they're going to put priority on that short name almost nearly as much as the title of your business.
the company name. Just rolled gotcha. out last week. What I can do, Dennis, if you want here, I can, um, I'll shoot you over uh, a link to it, or we can follow up with everybody um, just uh, when it got a release last week. And it's not fully uh, available globally. Certain categories don't have it available. So it might be not, if you're an attorney, you might not have that availability yet. Um, you know, Google always rolls everything out per vertical. Um, for, for mine, for marketing and advertising agencies, it was available day one. Um, so it's, it's literally a short name. There's a lot more to learn about it, obviously, because it just came out last week, but, um, it's one thing I do want to make everybody aware of that you can jump on. Cool. Important, timely update. Thank you, Steve, on that one. And then the next question is, I think that there's probably an answer that can be given, um, in the short term, but there, there might be some additional follow-up on this one, but, um, we'll give it a go. If your business has multiple locations, has multiple Google searches, how do you mess, mesh all locations? For example, I want all locations to show to their local office address, but I want reviews, Facebook leak, link, et cetera, to be all to be under one umbrella. Yeah. Um, short answer, you can't. It's all in one way or the right. other. So, so Steve, on that note, as a, as a conversation point, do you do you like to list all those businesses um, individually to take up more real estate? Um, Absolutely. On on the web and get more index and things of that nature. Yep, more listings. That's what we. That's how we always guide more listings, more opportunity to be found. Um, then, if somebody's searching for you, um, let's say your listings uh, were in Northeast Ohio. Let's say you have. 10 um, locations uh, in Northeast Ohio. If somebody's searching for your brand name, chances are most of those listings are still going to show up even though they're 60, 70 miles apart. Um, or, you know, you, the scales either way. If people see that, yeah, you might not have a hundred, let's say you have 10, 10 locations and you have an aggregate of 150 reviews over those 10 locations. You might not have one location that has 150 reviews on it, but people are going to see all those listings or multiple listings, and there might be 10 here, there might be 12 here, there may be 20 here. That to me is a good user experience, and your click-through is going to go pretty high because you're showing how large you are, and you're consistently showing across locations a high review rate. Interesting. Uh, incredibly, incredibly valuable information. Thanks for sharing that, Steve. And one more question before we move on. Does having a Google map on my website help with SEO? Uh, embedded on your website? Uh, no. I'm going to assume that. Um, it used to be a great design feature. I'm going to tell you that now I, we try to stay away from it from the sole reason that that plugin to bring in and embed that map slows your site down too much. Um, and we're gonna talk about this later. Uh, it kills your page load time. Gotcha. So maybe that's a good segue off of local into right um, the next category. There we go. We'll do on page next. Um, I'll run through it again. Here we'll do it the same way. Um, every page on your website should be centered around, and this kind of, if you guys follow Dennis quite a bit, you know, it's a, there's a lot of inbound methodology um, and a lot he talks about. On-page SEO is closely tied to on, 
uh, inbound marketing. So every page on your website should be centered and focused around a single major keyword. You should not try to build out your content for a web page around five different major keywords if they aren't closely related, that is. Um, so define a major keyword for a, for a single page. So everything I'm gonna talk about is for a single page. It's not for your entire website. It's not for just your blog. It's not for, you know, it can be just, we're just talking about just your homepage or we're talking about a single product page on an e-commerce cart. Um, so define a major keyword. You wanna use this major keyword in your title of the website. And some of these things are a little technical. So if you're not familiar with web development, this is literally on your website code. Or if you use WordPress, there's a Yoast plugin you can do to a lot of this. Um, so depending on, upon your CMS, um, there's different ways to manipulate this. Sometimes, depending on the CMS, I'm trying to think, is it Shopify? Shopify allows you to do some good on-page SEO. Um, I forget the other one that doesn't allow you really to jump a Squarespace. People come to us a lot of times and they have a Squarespace website, which they look great. They, they've, you know, they convert. They're, they do a lot of good things, but if you want to take your, your marketing to the next level when it comes to SEO, you can't. You literally, you can't because they don't allow you to access the code. So all these things on end page, most of these I'm talking about are going to be code-based. So your major keyword, if I have, um, I am a, uh, a locksmith, my major keyword could be, you know, obviously locksmith is, is one, um, but I want to, you want to use that word locksmith in the title of my website, of that page, in the H1 of that page, in the alt tag, and the file name of the very first image. I also, this is our best practice, I put that major keyword in the first 100 words of my copy on that page, and I also put it in the final 100 words of that web page copy. Okay, that's hey, a lot hey, Steve, to take quick, in. Quick question, quick question came in, then, and, and in addition to that, should locksmith be directional as well, meaning locksmith in Youngstown, Ohio? The localization of it can be absolutely. Yep. Some modifiers. Yeah. Um, localization of your keyword. Best. You know, some modifiers. Best. Guide. Review. 2019. Those are all modifiers that you want to use with your keyword um, to make them more relevant in the search. Yep. Thanks. Great question. Um, people don't do that enough. They don't get creative enough with those keywords. Um, so the major keyword, unless you are a, I'm trying to think, a company that has, and I'll use my company for, 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 uh, to explain this to you. My homepage is optimized around my brand, iSynergy. The reason for that is we don't, we, we tell clients never do this because you want to optimize around a product or a service. You don't want to optimize around your brand. In our case, we needed to, because there was four or five at the time when we first founded, you know, back in 08, there was at the time, there's two other I synergies in the country. So when somebody searched I synergy, I want to make sure that our brand was the strongest and ranked the highest. But if, like for Duyo, the conference, there's no other Duyo in the United States. So why optimize and have your major key keyword be Duyo on your homepage when nobody's really searching for that? 
you know it'll come organically if you optimize around all your other keywords um, do you as the name of your company it'll automatically show up if there's no competing companies with the same name so one thing to think about you don't want to optimize around um, your brand name it's just bad practice unless there's a real reason um, and as in our case that I gave you that's why we did it um, next thing is your title tag title tag um, this changes from time to time but 55 to 60 characters it's actually right around 600 pixels nobody understands pixels um, so we say characters you want that title needs to be in the first tag in the head area the heading area if you're familiar with the code um, if at all possible try to start the title tag with the major keyword if my major keyword is um, marketing conference we'll stay on do you I want marketing conference so let's say here, here's some ideas for a title tag um, best marketing conference to talk about inbound marketing um, inbound marketing is a uh, at do you um, conference you know you want your major keyword which would be marketing conference to be towards the front of that title tag and not towards the end okay you always want to push it closer to the front um, and then we went over the modifiers like 2019 best highest rated you know all those all those modifiers and then you can also use the localization um, Youngstown local um, Ohio Columbus you know, use those modifiers uh, as possible as much as possible after the title tag is your h1 and I'm doing these in hierarchy of how important they are on that page okay so major keyword title h1 h2 h3 meta alt um, that's the hierarchy so h1 we used to say and this was uh, widely adopted your h1 should be exactly the same as your title tag best practice anybody that did anything with SEO until about two years ago, a year and a half ago, um, did this. But now that Google is better with LSI and synonyms, you don't need to make them exactly the same. And actually you get a negative effect if you have them exactly the same. Um, so now we have to say change them. You need, obviously you need to have your major keyword in the H1, but you want it to be an LSI, latent semantic index. It's basically, if I am optimizing my page around coffee, um, Google understands that if you use the keywords filter, brew, cold brew, decaf, those are all LSIs. Those are like synonyms and words that go with coffee. So you don't need to use coffee, 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 and just keyword stuff and use the word coffee, you know, 150 times when you have a page that only has 700, uh, you know, words on it. So, um, that's a, that's the best case now. Also, you used to only have one H1 per page. Now we're finding out that if you had more than one, Google would uh, actually negatively impact your, your, your ranking. Now you can have two or three um, and you don't get that negative impact. We haven't found that it actually improves, but we are seeing that it does not drop you. So I would definitely say still don't go over three um, just something to keep aware of in your code. Um, your H2s, we always say three to five on per page. The H2s are supporting, and these would be those LSIs, like say we have that coffee page. Um, H2s would be supporting copy, des 
descriptive words supporting your pillar keyword, which would be coffee. So we'd be talking about, you know, decaf coffee or um, cold brew, those type of those type of words. Then H3s are just descriptive words about your H1s and your H2s. Um, you know, so you can see the hierarchy. You have a major keyword that you define per page. You plop it in the title as close to the front as possible. You add some modifiers, then you have your H1. You also, also want your major keyword to go in your H1, um, but it needs to be a synonym or some type, some way reworded um, version of the title. And then you have H2s that support um, your H1s and H3s that support your H2s. Okay. Um, meta description has zero SEO value. But why do we put it on here? Because it's user intent. Meta description, um, I, I guess I should have, I just assumed you guys knew some of this stuff. I'm gonna backtrack. Title, the title in a Google search result is the literally the blue text that you click on. So if you have a Google search result page um, with 10 listings on there, the blue text that you literally click on, that's the title of the page. That's the title that I talked about. Um, H1, you don't see H2s, H3s, you don't see them anywhere except for in the code and in the copy on the website. But the meta description is the normal black font um, text that is underneath the blue link. That's called a meta description. It used to have some SEO value, but now it has zero SEO value. But what do you do when you have a, when you Google something? You look at the listings and then you read that copy, that text right underneath the listing, right? So it has some um, value when it comes to user experience and click-through rate. Um, we still optimize for it, but it's more, it's less around like keyword and it's more around user intent. Um, we say stay between, for a desktop, 150 to 155 characters. For mobile, stay under 120 characters. Um, you want it to read naturally. Don't just put keywords in there. Um, you want to make sure it has the page's major keyword because Google will highlight that and bold it in the results, um, but don't just stuff and repeat keywords. Literally, you want it to be read naturally. Um, alt tag. Alt tag is when you're on a website and you hover over an image. Don't click on it, but you hover over it and some text pops up. That is the alt tag. It tells screen readers, um, I forget the acronym, ADA, the uh, handicap group, um, when they use those to make it compliant for that, they read that alt text to tell um, people what that image is about. So you need to optimize on that alt text. Alt text. Hey, hey so. Steve, question, question from one of our participants about the title and the H1. Are those the same? Um, they used to be. Now you want them to be different. Thanks. Yep. Same idea. Same. Um, you want them to be in line and like synonyms. Um, if your title is the world's best marketing agency, you don't want your H1 to be the best marketing agency in the world because that's just a reshuffling. And Google is smart enough to see through that. So you literally want it to be a synonym. You want it to have a different modifier. Um, like I said, it used to be, they were letter for letter exactly the same, but not, not anymore. Okay. Um, so the alt text. Back to that, you want to optimize, you want to make sure your major keyword that you define for that page is in the very first alt tag of that page. Um, there's no length on those, but you want to keep it shorter rather than longer. 
longer looks like keyword stuffing. Um, other thing, I don't think I put it on here. Um, this is just new, probably in the last 12 to 18 months. Um, Google bots now scan your file names that are on your website. So that image that you're seeing on a web page or that you created, it has an alt text, which is what you're force feeding Google to read what your image is about. But then also there's an that image, that file name. So you don't want to have um, an alt text of, you know, um, a, a coffee image and you want to have a, a cold brew kettle or something. Um, and then the file name for that image to be stock, stock photo number three, which now I'm going to say 99% of the digital world does. Okay. You want to name our best practice here in, in my agency, the alt text exactly matches the file name. So then we know exactly where, where it goes. And that you can do, like if you're in WordPress, you do that in your media library. Um, basically every CMS has a, a media library where you put things, just make sure you're naming them properly and have a naming convention and just, I would mimic it on your alt, alt tag as well. Okay. Um, schema. If you are trying or thinking about SEO and you're not following schema, you need to jump on board real fast. Schema is a set of code that you can force feed Google and say, you can do, there's many different things. Uh, you put it right in the code, it's logo. And you're force telling Google, this is this company's logo for this web page. Um, business hours, you can do it for. Um, location, the address, you need to do it for. Now, to bring things full circle, when you're using schema and the address, you want to make sure that address matches exactly to your local SEO, your NAP that we talked about earlier. Um, so you want to make sure that matches as well, exactly. Um, so you can see how everything go, comes full circle. So, but there's, I don't even know, there's, there's I think there's over 100 different um, tags or, or, or categorization in schema markup. It's actually code that you put on, on your website to force feed and tell Google what this page is about. So you're not just relying on Google to translate and understand it. Um, so, and it's, it's becoming more adopted and um, anybody that does SEO on page, technical SEO, you, you should be using schema markup. So, and then lastly, load time. What's the goal for a mobile website? You want it to load in under two seconds, right? Um, a desktop website, you want it to load in less than three seconds, okay? You can do everything right, but if you have junk servers that you're hosting on and you have, it, literally you just pay for what you get um, and you don't have your um, images compressed properly and you have the, the Google Maps plugin or you have ma uh, plugins like that that are bogging your site down with bloat, your load time is gonna be through the roof. Um, which is then going to indirectly have your bounce rate skyrocket because people aren't going to wait seven seconds for your site to load while they're trying to find something, you know, everybody's a goldfish these days. You need to get it to them right now and you need to capture their attention or they'll leave, especially mobily. Um, now mobile that also, you don't have control over their network, their speed of their network, whether they're on Wi-Fi or they're just on their cell, their data plan, but control what you can control properly set up your site. Um, there used to be obviously mobile versions. Now it's all, um, you know, uh, responsive. 
you need to audit your responsive site, you need to audit your, your desktop site and um, strip out those images, those large, everybody, it, it's amazing now, we, we do website redesigns, um, we just did it for a retailer that's local. 90% of their traffic is gonna be mobile, so what we did, we developed their, their website mobily first, and then we took it, because then we had it all stripped down, nice and tight, compressed, give them the information they want, you know, what do you, what do you need on a mobile website right off the bat? Phone number, address, contact form, what are you about, what do you do, um, you know, how can I get to you? So then on the desktop site, then you can expand on it. So um, that is everything on on-page, technical SEO. That was a lot. That's, that's usually the hardest one for people to grasp because most marketers don't understand or they have a very limited knowledge of the technical components of the code, which is where a lot of these things live. Steve, once again, great information. I put some, I put some information into the chat, everybody, um, just a moment ago. Number one, I gave you Steve's LinkedIn profile. Invite him to get LinkedIn. It's an awesome opportunity to be able to continue to network and grow. He's an incredible resource. Number two, uh, gracious enough to show up on today's webinar and give you tons of great free information. Obviously, it's in the execution of the information. Um, and because of that, I've also put the link to iSynergy.com. I O, which um, uh, knowing Steve very well, he's not about uh, self-promotion. He really isn't. So I'm going to do it for him. Check out mm -hmm. iSynergy. Uh, and um, and um, if you have any questions, comments, please leave them in the chat or register them in the Q&A. Um, I'd also like for everybody to, if you could, if you'd like, um, go ahead and put your link to your LinkedIn profile. To everybody that's on the webinar today, it's an awesome opportunity. Again, to connect with everybody that's in this community. Um, and if you stay to the end, we've got a promo code for Duo Live. In any case, Steve, we're gonna pass it back over to you for the off-page conversation. Uh, and again, register your questions in the Q&A or in the chat. Um, and thanks again, everybody, for showing up. So Steve, back to you. Yep, uh, real quick, it's the, the smallest portion is probably the, uh, the it's obviously the, the, the most difficult thing to do, which is off-page, which is inbound links. Um, Every website on the internet has a, a score, uh, domain authority, DA. So um, the more inbound links, uh, aside from that, the more inbound links your website has, the better. That's a pretty broad stroke. But you want your inbound links to be from highly populated, uh, high domain authority websites. So. If I have 10,000 inbound links and they're all from local websites that get like five sessions a month, that really doesn't mean anything. But if I have five inbound links and those inbound links are, um, you know, uh, uh, USA Today, ESPN, all 90s um, from a DA standpoint, those links mean a lot. When I talked about citations and those looking like votes, and the higher more votes you have, inbound links are exactly the same. Um, but there's there, there's ratings of those inbound links. Citations are all created equal. It's just a directory listing. They all they all matter the same. Inbound links, um, like I said, every website has a, a domain authority between zero and a hundred. Google's like a ninety-nine. Amazon's a ninety-nine. Um, you know, Yahoo's like a ninety-seven or a ninety-four. They hover back and forth. So the higher you get an inbound link from a higher DA, 
the more juice it pushes to your site. So you need to have inbound links. The way to get that, there, there's, you can talk about a hundred different ways. That's a that's a whole that's probably a whole webinar series in itself. Um, but you need inbound links, and you need to get them from high authority websites. Also, with those, you have to watch your anchor profile. Um, your anchor profile is literally a, a, an anchor is the text that you click on on a website to go to another page or to another site. That text, whether it be the company's name, whether it be just the word here, whether it's just their website, that is called your anchor text. Um, Google takes into account a lot with your anchor text. It's something that we could dive into a lot deeper as well. You never want to over-optimize over your anchor profile for you know, exact match keywords. Um, you never want more than 3% of any of your, your, your inbound links to be exactly an exact match. Um, for my company, it's like marketing agency, SEO agency, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we never want to over-optimize. When you over-optimize, then you get on Google's radar. You don't want to get on Google's radar because then they're going to start pushing you down the rankings. But um, guest post, if you hear a lot about guest post, that's a, an inbound link um, strategy. Um, a lot of different things like that. Um, manual outreach, um, Harrow, a lot of different ways that you can get those inbound links. Sponsorships. We have an inbound link, iSynergy does from Duyo because we're a sponsor. Dennis put a, a link from his website over to our website, so that helps us. You know, there's a lot of different ways to acquire those links. And that's, that's off page in a nutshell. It's the hardest, it's the most time consuming, um, that's the most value in it, uh, but um, yeah, each one of those, you're gonna go down a rabbit hole. So, um, and I know we're getting closer to the end. Yeah, no doubt, Steve, and I appreciate that. And again, once you get an opportunity, we've got a new polling question. If you could take a moment to answer that, I appreciate everybody stopping by. Um, you know, I have a question, Steve, is that when, you know, I kind of look at my, my time ratio to, you know, ROI, and obviously, you know, I think that from a, from a phasing perspective, you know, looking at this strategy, Obviously, pillar one is something that you you have a lot of control over, um, and then on page. When it comes to off page and building up those links to others, and you know reaching out to you, or um, it it could be an incredible amount of time. Um, but I do get these emails all the time, like you know, because you'll hear Neil Patel saying, "Hey, reach out to this many people and ask them if they could link this article back." What's your take on that from an agency perspective? Do you provide that as a service to people? Um, or is that like, you know, is that time well spent for me? You know? Hmm. Uh, depends on how much you value your time. I would not do it. Manually. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't do it for myself. Um, it's something I see off page. Now, obviously we can manipulate it because we have a lot of the writers on, on, you know, the, in our network that we use for guest posting. Um, there's strategies for creating those, those links. Um, I would look at it as off page SEO and those inbound links are a result of good content marketing. If that makes sense to you. Um, I think the audience is probably a little more, um, educated on inbound marketing, creating good blogs, long form content that has gets socialized, that gets shared. The more better your content quality content is on your site, more people are going to want to link to it as a resource. So that 
uh, maybe uh, answers your question, I would put more time in your content marketing and then indirectly that's going to result in better off-page SEO organically. Mm -hmm. uh, we also acquire those, those inbound links, you know, for, for clients, um, anywhere from, you know, 10 a month up to, you know, over a thousand a month. There's different strategies for doing it for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So again, um, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any questions, um, go ahead and register them in the chat. We are coming up on the top of the hour. So we appreciate you dropping on by. Um, before we go into any more questions, one thing I would like to do is obviously, number one, thank you uh, for stopping by and your support. Um, whether you're just reading our emails and implementing the free strategies that we give away the content to wanting to be a part of this, you know, this community and this upcoming marketing conference. Um, the actual event itself is on October 18th, but it's, it, we have deep dive workshops on September 7th, uh, September, October 17th and 18th. We will be at Sandball Auditorium, which there's parking right out back, which I know is a huge thing for everybody in Youngstown, Ohio and the surrounding region. Uh, this event is being presented and sponsored by iSynergy. It's been a great partnership and we're enjoying uh, the relationship that we have with Steve and his group because we align so well with um, their knowledge and expertise um, and, and giving away, obviously, some great information as well. Um, our event's going to be keynoted by Joe Polizzi. He is the founder and the king of, obviously, modern-day content marketing, which there's a question in the chat that I'll, I'll dig into here in a second about content as a strategy. We have breakout sessions for business owners on the basics of social media, SEO, to the advanced strategies of, you know, using analytics to make your digital marketing decisions, networking, free lunch, um, a lot of good stuff going on around this community. So if you get an opportunity and, and you can buy a ticket um, before midnight tomorrow night, you'll get a 50% savings. You just got to use the promo code SEO, right? So that's, uh, that's going to get you into the conference for a 50% discount uh, and for participating. Again, check out iSynergy.io. It's in the chat and, and get linked in to Steve and his crew. And, and I know that he's uh, a resource that you can depend upon. So Steve, thank you for participating today. Um, question from one of our participants is, uh, you know, what do you think, Steve, about the content marketing strategy being dead? Um, is, is content as a strategy, you know, still a, a viable tactic? Um, or, you know, is, is kind of that kind of a played out. And by the way, you're not going to hurt my feelings. The fact that we built a marketing strategy. So yeah, I, I still have my own feelings it. about it, by the way. Yeah. 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 I still believe in it wholeheartedly. It just changes. Everything in our world changes day to day, um, month to month, year to year. It used to be pump out a blog a day, 500 words, pump it out, pump it out, pump it out. Now it's, you know, it, it's less about the amount of content, um, pages, blogs, and it's more, in my my opinion, it's more about long form, high quality content. Um, we're going away. We don't even do blogs for for clients. Um, less than seven hundred and fifty words now. Usually, we're up around two thousand to five thousand words for our blogs for our content that we do for clients. Um, it's long. Yeah. You know, it, it properly coding that up. And um, it's not just writing for 
search engines. It's not just writing for socialization and the, the consumer. You gotta write for both, which is a very difficult task. But yeah, long form content marketing, it's still, it's still there, it's still viable. It's just changed a little bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, I, I think there's obviously, um, I think the term, um, you know, has been reinvented obviously by our keynote speaker and he's done a tremendous job talking about the content ink model and there, it's been around since obviously the late 1800s. So it's not really anything new, just kind of a branded term. Um, I think that there's a ton of people that are obviously producing content that's out there, but the web has democratized the fact that there's an audience for it. And that's why it continues to persist and exist. And I think that there's a lot of different forms of content and content delivery. And this webinar is an example of a content marketing effort. You know, we are obviously getting out there and engaging. Um, hopefully we've said something that's been entertaining. I know there's been a ton of educational value on this webinar. And then obviously here, you know, we're sitting here offering some sort of promotional item with that. And there's value that's being given uh, through your content strategy. So yeah, I do think that there's obviously an opportunity to build an audience and value in content. It's just that there's obviously so much content that's out there today. It's the one that's working for you. Uh, and not every piece, you know, it, it was a quantity play. And I do agree with you. It's, um, it's definitely at the point of critical mass. So quality's got to be there. It's got to be value driven. Um, so in any case, we're at the top of the hour. If anybody has another question, go ahead and register that in the chat. We'll make sure that we follow up with you. Again, thank you everybody for dropping on by. Um, we will be back at the end of July with another uh, webinar. Uh, it's actually gonna switch a little focus. It's on executive leadership and communication um, with Maria Stevens, who's actually going to be presenting in a breakout session at Do You Live. And we're also gonna couple that up with a, a in-person meetup. Uh, we have a Youngstown marketing meetup group. So I know we pull people from outside the area, but if you're local, you can go to meetup.com, find the Youngstown marketing meetup group, and we will get together. Uh, she's also going to present in person as well. Shout out to our friend, Chris Askew, who's on the line today. Um, he has a, a very interesting podcast um, that's called Tag. I want to get this right. And he um, he recently presented at our meetup last month, um, actually this month, June's over here in a couple of days on podcasting. And so you can find Chris on LinkedIn as well. Uh, thank you everybody for dropping by. I wish all of you have a great weekend and a very happy, safe 4th of July. Take care, everybody.